$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. I mean, if you're in Kragadan, you hate to leave without doing all the Kragadan <laughs> touristy things. But at the same time, you can't see it all in one day. You really can't. So, The heroes explore the Sky Citadel. May you toil at the forge long, brother. I will see you again if Torag wills it. And take care of unfinished business. Raza was a servant of nature, but even in her own druidic obedience... She saw the strength of the small folk. Pembroke. Oh, Pembroke. Never has there been a more appropriate title for a man than Pembroke the Potent. Before they set out on their most dangerous mission yet. Yeah, so you're looking at about three or four days. um, Moving at a normal overland pace. Funny you should mention that. The adventure continues. Go on. Now. is going on everybody it's your old buddy troy <laughs> and i've got a guest with me today hey what's up joe <laughs> just stalling because you have no idea what to talk about i just want to make you laugh all. I get more joy out of making others laugh. <laughs> How you doing? Welcome to the intro. Oh, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm I'm, I'm doing great. Now I'm now I'm tearing up. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Joe and I are we're we're packing up the office here to uh, head out to PaizoCon tomorrow. Now, obviously, you guys are listening to this, and PaizoCon 2019 is done, and we're long dead, and we're long dead from uh, alcohol poisoning <laughs> at the live show. Scotch poisoning. Sc- mostly Scotch poisoning um but yeah we've this is this has become a tradition for us now like day before we fly out we come here packing up merch folding t-shirts packing up dice gm screens making sure we have all our cables starting Uh, to plan what we're doing for the weekend right right starting to actually write the show um (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Are you looking forward? This is going to be your second PaizoCon, my third PaizoCon. Yeah, second PaizoCon. Very much so looking forward to it. Now that we know the lay of the land a little bit better, we know the rhythm and the feel and the, the way the days shake out and everything. I mean, uh, and we kid, we have a, a lot of plans already in motion. And so we're really excited for those to come to fruition. Yeah, our dance card is particularly full this year. We've yeah. got the, uh, the Jason Bullman, Eric Mona, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, three-session playthrough happening on Friday, <laughs> Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, we just got our character sheets from Jason Bullman. From Jason Bullman, yeah. made me a character. Yeah, it is handwritten. Most, most amazing, and it's handwritten. Yeah. I was like, this is a collector's item. <laughs> it really is. I was very excited to get it, and I, I'm excited to work on it. We've got that going on. Again, this has already all happened, but uh, you know, you, Grant, and I are doing a panel on uh, actual play podcasting, and uh, Skid and Matthew uh, are doing a, a panel on character backstory, and then we have the live show. So, you know, we're pretty amped about uh, all that's all that's about to go down. Um, this we got we got this show that, that, that just happened. Again, this is all happening in the past from the future, but then we've got a nice little break. And then it's Glass Cannon Live, back with a bang. Two shows at Gen Con, which probably by the time of this recording, they have both sold out. Yeah, we got a notice from the venue, right? Yeah. And uh, from our agent saying there were under 20 tickets left for both shows. Uh, we were just like, what? That's insane. Two shows at Gen Con? So, and those are bigger than any other venue we've had except Dallas. I believe so. So, yeah, that's pretty, uh, pretty exciting. And we were so on the fence, so going back and forth about whether or not we could even pull off two live shows. And if we, if we thought we could do it, <laughs> could we sell two live shows? And now they're, I mean, I think the first one's already sold out and the other one's got a few tickets left. Right. So I think we've shown we could sell two live shows at Gen Con. However, we don't know that we can pull off two live Live shows at Gen Con. One thing at a time, Joe. One thing <laughs> at a time. You're jumping ahead of yourself a little bit there, buddy. <laughs> uh, and then we got Dragon Con in Atlanta, the Masquerade. I'm really excited about that one because it's going to be our first Dragon Con. Yeah. Um, and uh, tickets are still available for that. And then the Bootleg Theater in L.A. Uh, I think Back people to are L.A. People are sleeping on those tickets. They're like they're kind of slowly moving. There was a bunch at first, but now they're slowly moving. I'm telling you, it's going to be. You're going to wake up one day and be like, I feel like getting tickets to the Bootleg. Sold out. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> you know, it's not slowly moving. Boston. Yeah, Boston. <laughs> That is going to be gonzo before L.A. probably. VIP is sold out, right? Oh, yeah. VIP is sold out. Uh, dude, so it's my old stomping grounds. <laughs> Might have the whole of Valley Clan sitting in the back. <laughs> standing room. Just standing room only. Sorry, Mom. Uh, you got to stand. I can't give up seats. <laughs> Every seat is money. Uh, and I think we might even be announcing one more show for this year soon. Um, and then that's going to be it. We will never do another rock tour. No. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to narrow that last one down. But can we bring it back to the show at hand? The Glass Cannon Podcast. Oh, we're getting into book five now. Getting into book five. I mean, we're really getting into it now. And what an intro to a book. That you must fun. be enjoying this. this I, is... I enjoy it. Sometimes I, I get to do an, uh, an edit and I'm like, ah, I just don't feel like reliving this episode, you know what I mean? Like it was very stressful, or it was like too much. This one I couldn't wait to listen to again, and I felt the same way going into this episode that you're about to listen to, episode two hundred nine. I just feel like we're in a good place with the story. Yeah, and the the role playing opportunities are there, but they don't feel too. Uh, I don't. I don't, don't want to say they don't feel too sandboxy. Like mm -hmm. we feel like we kind of know what we need to do. We have a certain objective, but that doesn't change the fact that we have to figure out how we're going to do that and yeah. how we're going to proceed. And really getting that 
that that wrench thrown into our machine last week where all of a sudden you you're in this position like oh my god like, i thought we were going to be ranging down to ash peak and now we're on trial for murder like that was that was not uh what i initially expected but it made for such a fun introduction to the dwarves of Kragadan. yeah uh, and so excited to explore Kragadan and ex- excited to uh, eventually figure out how even we're going to get to Ashby. Yeah. You know, a lot of times with these books, the transition between books, uh, the writers are like, you figure it out. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right, uh, what am I going to do? And uh, I, I was just really happy the way it all turned out and the way you guys ran with it. And I was, I kept telling you, like, I didn't know how that was going to end until you ended that speech uh, of Dalgrith being like, those aren't. That is not just a senseless murder. These are. What did you say? I said uh, they're not. Don't consider the murder victims. They are the first casualties of a war that right. is coming from from the south. I love that. It's like you're already in this war, whether you commit to it or not. Yeah, and you've already enough. lost men in this war and women, <laughs> and so it's you're already pot committed. Yeah, you know that was great. And you know what? I, I think we should just go right into episode two hundred nine. Joe, we got to finish packing. All right, buddy. Last week reminded me there was one thing, one thing that this show was really missing, and that is more courtroom drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just the, yeah. One, the one area we really haven't delved into. Let it's no just one good old-fashioned courtroom drama. Let no one say that we can't hop around genre. That's right. And people have said that. People have said that. How dare they? How dare they? I mean, it, it, it just goes to show you why the courtroom drama is just such an easy thing to make. Uh, many different TV shows, primetime, films, all, because it's just it's so easy. It's just such great uh, material there to make good drama out of. Do you guys, have, good do you guys have a favorite <laughs> uh, courtroom drama movie? Movie? Yeah. I'll give you mine as a, as a place to start. Uh, mine is The Verdict. It a is a, a classic. I believe Mamet wrote the script. I think it's David Mamet uh, wrote the script. Uh, it's uh, directed by Sidney Lumet. He did, Or yeah. Sidney Lumet, I think they say. Lumet. Uh, and uh, it's got uh, well, Paul Newman, and it takes place in Boston. Paul Newman plays this just like ambulance chasing down on his luck lawyer there's this great scene where he goes in this bar like right outside of boston common in the morning before he goes to to his office and he he just points to the bartender bartender's like hey what's it puts a beer down and he cracks two raw eggs into the beer and chugs it and that's his <laughs> breakfast before he goes into his law office like, that is so great uh the verdict uh, it's it's so so fantastic just a meeting of the minds they have mamet uh lumet lumet and uh paul newman all set in boston can't beat it uh grant you got a favorite courtroom drama academically it's 12 Angry Men. Okay. That's 12 not, Angry Men. Not a courtroom drama. But it's... A great, great movie. Legal drama. A uh, couple others. I'll allow it. It is perfectly legal. <laughs> yes. Perfect. That is a perfectly legal drama. I defy anyone to say otherwise. Um, <laughs> a big fan. Uh, again, this might not count, but it's legal. Uh, legally Blonde 2. Legally Blonde 2. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's his no, favorite. The two others are... Uh, Can you just pick one? Because, <laughs> you know, we have the answer, too. What's your favorite one is the question. In a courtroom. How much of this movie is in a courtroom? I will venture to say that 12 Angry Men counts because so much of the unfolding of the court case is done in the room. No, the court case has already happened. Yeah, but they go over everything. Literally, the courtroom drama is over. 
when no, that movie starts. No, it's just beginning. No, the Are you jury room me? drama is just beginning. They're realizing things they didn't realize. Was I'm not debating. Matthew liked the play better. It's, it's an amazing it's movie. Clear. No, it's an amazing movie. It's just not a courtroom. Um, drama. fuck. Come on, Google Burger. Oh, Michael Clayton. <laughs> Michael Clayton. Not a courtroom drama. Oh, oh, literally knows there's like one and a half scenes in a courtroom. All right, movie. so Primal like, Fear. Aaron Brockovich. Oh. <laughs> All right, my cousin Vinny for Grant. Let's go to Skid here. Never seen, I've never seen. Movie. I've never it's seen my fantastic. cousin Vinny. It's an amazing movie. I yeah. I will. Well, I was gonna say because last night I was I was playing Stellaris until like six six a.m. <laughs> And, uh, last I, night or last night, <laughs> Every and, uh, night. Uh, most most nights <laughs> most nights and uh, I put on something to like make sure that no monsters uh, sneak up behind me because the TV scares them away. I don't sure. know if you know that. But uh, I put on a Time to Kill. I was watching a Time to Kill. Oh, oh Time to Kill's one. amazing. Yeah, it's a little, little dated. A little dated. But <laughs> it it's, is. you know, I had never really seen it. It was like, oh, it's pretty good. You know, when you're playing a uh, space uh, 4X video game. But I will. My real answer is my cousin Vinny. I love that movie. It is Ralph um, Macchio's fourth best film. And also, like they, a lot of like legal people will say that that is one of the most accurate courtroom movies that's ever been made. Really? Is well, it's all uh, it's all about civil procedure. Yeah. Like as far as like procedure goes, like they will say that like that's one of the most like accurate depictions of an actual trial. Academy Award winner. Marissa Tomei. She's so good in that movie. She's, she's great. Her, the haters can go fucking yeah. Oscar from that. All right, Matthew, what's yours? I'm sure it's going to be some uh, French flick from French New Wave Godard flick. No, I like. I mean, I like. Le courtroom bleu. He's a Le courtroom bleu. That might be one of your best was, puns was, you've ever made. It's early Godard. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Truffaut fan, and you know it. That's true. Um, I mean, well, the classic would be like Anatomy of a Murder, which I do love. But ah. uh, I like. That's Hitchcock, right? No, no. Uh, it's oh fuck me. I, that was not my answer. So okay. Um, Preminger? Like, Preminger? I'm just looking in oh. terms of cover boxes because I worked at Blockbuster. So for yeah, that's years. that great Saul. Um, what's his face? Uh, yeah, Otto Preminger. Hmm. But uh, no, I, there's I, a, I mean, that's. I think it's with Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy Stewart. and that cover box. Me saying uh, Hitchcock wasn't wasn't a bad guess. It's the same. It's the same artist. Saul Bass. Okay. Saul Bass. Oh, it's a Saul Bass. Oh, it's a Saul yeah, Bass. Yeah. It's a Saul Bass poster. Music by Duke Ellington. Um, oh, no, there's a wow. great. Harrison Ford and Alan J. Pakula movie, uh, Presumed Innocent. That's our, yeah. our oh. with Raul Yeah. With Raul Julia. And that's a, yes, and that's a great twist that was ruined for me by a Kids in the Hall sketch. <laughs> well, I loved, what, a way, what a way to go. Yeah. I loved that book. Presumed Innocent? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so, because I, I sat down to read it, and I was like, it's first person. And I don't really go for first person books. I, I just prefer third person books. And I was like, oh, God. It's a first-person book. And I was like, oh, it's fine. It's pretty good. I'll keep reading. I'll keep reading it. And then as it... I mean, by the time you're on chapter three or four, you're like, this could not be written any other way than first yeah, person. I've never like, read it. Yeah. It's just... Re- it has to be only from the one guy's perspective for the story to work. It's yeah. really well done. Joe, you got a favorite? All-time courtroom oh, drama. Yeah. Few Good Men. That's ah, my number one. Yeah, that's that's All-time favorite. Arguably Tom Cruise's best performance. It's so ah. good. It's so good. The yeah. trial is so good. It's yeah. so dramatic. I thought you were going to say Inherit the Wind. Oh. oh. Yeah. I don't that's know. also Never very good. Daniel Day-Lewis? No, no, no. No, it's Spencer Tracy. Frederick and, March. Uh, 
uh, Frederick Marshall. That was another play. A lot of these courtroom dramas oh, right, were plays right. first yeah. because they were so easy to just do in one. Uh, I saw location. the revival. I sat on. I sat on stage in like the like the the fake gallery of the courtroom for Inherit the Wind with Christopher Plummer and Brian Dennehy. Oh wow! That oh, that was good. pretty cool. Oh, you know, another one we forgot, probably the only Oscar winner for Best Picture here, and I could be wrong, is uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, that's, that's an phenomenal. unbelievable movie. But it's so also, few of it is in the Also court. really yeah. dated. Yes. <laughs> you know, Apparently, Dustin Hoffman was like, like insanely Monster. monstrous yeah. to, to well, Meryl Streep Well, he was at the, the height of like his method acting, so he was doing that on well, purpose. And she was, a, I'm making air quotes here, like she was like a rookie actor, even though she was fucking Meryl Streep. But like apparently he would do, like because John Cazale was like dying during the filming of that movie and had like just died and he was like torturing her about it. Going Ends back to Kramer versus it's so good, though, Kramer real that. quick, just to tie it back into um, jokes that we normally make. Do you ever see when uh, Stallone hosted SNL and there's a sketch where he's playing himself at the scene of a car accident and uh, Norm, oh, yeah, yeah. Norm MacDonald is yeah. like dying <laughs> yeah. in the front seat and uh, Sylvester Stallone is coming over to try and like help him but they need like the jaws of life are on their way and Norm MacDonald is just very dryly insulting Stallone's entire career <laughs> while he's like waiting for the jaws of life yeah. to come and Stallone's yeah. trying to be nice yeah. and he's like uh, he starts making fun of uh, what is it, over the top oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like yeah. you know Kramer versus Kramer was another uh, another great great film that uh, dealt with the complexities of child custody matters. <laughs> you know what it lacked? That one thing? Uh, oh yeah, arm wrestling. <laughs> At the end, Stallone just punches him. <laughs> knocks him unconscious and he dies. <laughs> that Norm MacDonald delivery is, you oh, can't man. beat it. You can't so beat good. it. Was that the, I was going to say, is, is there a Frank Stallone punchline? Yeah, it's like, you got it. it. Frank, Frank Stallone. Stallone. <laughs> Anywho, you guys uh, were 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 presumed innocent. Uh, you 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 got a uh, worked out really well. You got moment. a ruling in your favor, but not only that, you've got a, a powerful ally now. Yeah. Um, I said to you, Joe, as we were going off the air, that like your speech really nailed it home. It nailed it home for me because uh, obviously I wanted you to succeed, but the way you put it, it was like those eleven deaths. You're you are now part of this war, whether yeah. you like it or not. That wasn't a sense just a random killing that is a, a killing that has now brought you into this war. The the mothers and fathers, the sons and daughters of those people are are going to mourn them forever and they should mourn them not as just being a senseless loss, but as a part of something bigger. Um, so now uh, the, the, the tribunal uh, sort of dissipates and you are... Uh, you were given great hospitality, even though you were brought in uh, to be tried. Um, but now the hospitality has been extended uh, to give you full run of the city. Uh, it's understood wow. that you're not to go in. I didn't know that like winning a trial, it's like winning the lottery. <laughs> it's like, please. It's like winning a way. prize. It's just like, here's a brand new city that you can play around in. <laughs> Haven't you seen Chicago? That's yep. true. <laughs> uh, good point. <laughs> when when is the ribbon cutting, cutting though? Are we going to have a big scissors? Uh, they give you they give you lodging. They they offer you lodging. It's not like the Ritz. Uh, it's certainly nicer than Scout though. Uh, it's kind of our bad lodging. Our bad. Yeah. Here, here's sorry. a nice place to stay. Sorry, put well, you on travel. As long as no elderly wizards apparate in the middle of the night, we're, we're fine. Yeah. How about shadow creatures? Because <laughs> you know, that's what's going to be happening. You from get now your on. own room. Uh, they no, they offer you lodging, and it's it's very it's surprisingly nice. Um, they say you have a full full uh, run. 
full access to what they call the upper fastness, which is basically everything that's above ground. Uh, it's understood that you're not to go into the mountain hold. That's that's really only for the dwarves, and there are dwarves within the society that aren't even allowed down there. That is sort of mm-hmm. where they retreat to when shit gets bad. And I mean, you would know, especially you, Baron, that like there are tunnels that lead straight to the Darklands. Yeah. Um, the story of Kragadan is actually pretty interesting, and so the longer you hang out here, you, you find out um, basically when the Starstone fell to Earth and the Earth shook, and uh, the dwarves realized they could begin their quest for Sky. They could come out. Some dwarves didn't. They chose to uh, do one of two things for the most part, like uh, worship evil deities and become even closer to the darkness underground. Uh, and then others would retreat while, uh, while all the other dwarves were sort of making their way above ground. Some dwarves would go back down deeper to go to places that other dwarves never went before because they figured now's our chance. Let's see what treasures are down there. Kraganon was one such dwarf who went down to retrieve stuff and he retrieved this uh, amazing artifact um, and he then came back up once he got that and he realized its powers uh, I don't want to talk about the artifact too much because it, it, it's tied into another adventure path but once he realized its powers he said you know what now I, I'm going to go up and he had followers with him at this time uh, that followed him to the surface but as they were going up they were besieged by orcs and so they would fight orcs time and time again and at one point uh, in the battle he died on the quest back so the dwarves that followed him that survived took the artifact came above ground and named the Sky Citadel after their hero, Kragadon. That's awesome. Um, and that is the city that you are now in. And so I showed you that picture last week of the of the dwarven face with the fist coming out of the wall. Like, that is that's, what this city looks that's like. Kragadan? That's Kragadon? Yeah, that's Kragadon. Oh, that that's is straight so cool. out of a back matter for another adventure path that has that picture. So awesome. Uh, and imagine, that is just what the city looks like. Just more uh, images of great giant heroes. Probably one of them is uh, is Kragadon. And then the other ones are other leaders. Um, the, the prince, his lineage has like his father and his father's father their faces are carved in the mountains as well yeah there must be just just all these different depictions of oh they must have must be so many dwarves like worthy of being memorialized like in these places so many heroes hundreds and hundreds just yeah and he told you cenotaphs everywhere cenotaphs as far as i can see that they were involved with the shining crusade and the war against the whispering tyrant they were involved with this uh thing called the rending which we won't get into but that happened in the five kings mountains um so they've been involved in a lot of stuff and now they are pledging themselves to the great war the one that is happening right now a couple things i want to do just sort of housekeeping wise um I want you to tell me what you want to do in Kragadan, because obviously, you know, we've hand-waved a lot of the selling of merchandise, the resizing of gear, the selling of the resized gear, the swapping around of equipment. So I'm sure there's still some more shopping you want to do. So I kind of want to know what you're interested in buying. Um, I also want to talk about, because I realize we haven't done this yet, because there's just been so much 
else happening, I want to talk about the level up of the dwarves, of the level up of uh, Dalgrith and Baron. That's right. You're level 13 13. Now? 13. Ooh. Lucky number 13. What was that, like Jockey. four episodes ago? Yeah, that was a while ago. That's I crazy. Just, you know, I thought about it last week. I had it in my notes, and then uh, I just forgot. Um, I was just thrilled to be able to add all those extra skill points into knowledge religion to beat uh, Dalgrith in that one <laughs> I role. can't believe you did that. Uh, it was so <laughs> worth it. And they all stayed in religion, I'm assuming? Yep. I want to talk about that, <laughs> and I also want to talk about... Um, um, Pembroke and Feyraz's remains. Oh. That was uh, right next to my uh, note to go over your leveling last week, and we just got we got to a certain point in the episode. Where I realized like I can't I can't go back and do that stuff now. So I, I want to kind of touch base on that right up front. So let's first let's just start you know, just a fun casual conversation amongst friends about level thirteen <laughs> Baron Ashpeak. Yeah. What the hell, Bear Bear? I'm assuming this is where you finally took that wizard dip. Oh, no, I actually I multiclassed in another system. I'm a technomancer oh. now. Oh, it's, nice. Uh, it's pretty exciting. We should have discussed this before. Uh, I, this is going to turn into Iron Gods at some point, right? There's going to be Android yes. stuff. Yeah, okay. I might bring it in, man. Um, no, another level of Inquisitor of Torah. Wow. Does that make you 7 6 now? 7 6. We're close wow. to parody. It's funny, I'm thinking about this now. Like, uh, what, what age will I be? At 38, I will have lived the same amount of time in New York State as I will have in Texas. Wow. And then I will have to give up all of my birthright to Texas. Yeah. It, it will be my Ash Peak Mountain at that point. Wow. You have to hand over your revolver and yeah. your, your spurs. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and the, hat, boy the hat that never fit my head. You'll just hat. swim over to Ellis Island and <laughs> throw it off the, <laughs> out of her crown. <laughs> It'll be like the last scene in Half-Baked where uh, Dave Chappelle throws the joint off the bridge, the Mary Jane. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a pretty big deal uh, among some of the things that happened. Mm-hmm. Are I have three base attacks now. Wow. That puts me at four with rapid oh, shot. My wow. God in heaven. God, wow. For some reason, I thought that would only happen if you kept leveling up Gunslinger. That nope. makes me sick. Finally happened. It makes uh, me so sick that I feel like it's wrong. Well, I think it's wrong. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Inquisitors are uh, plus one base attack bonus? Like they're BAB every I think level? Three quarter, but. Huh. Okay. Uh, I'm trusting here a lab at this point. We can we can go to the tape later. But yeah, I, th- I mean, I, th- if- I think you have haste clicked. I do not. <laughs> Twice. I think you have it clicked twice. Uh, former combat. Yeah, a sixth-level Inquisitor still doesn't get two attacks. Uh, an Inquisitor doesn't get two attacks till eighth level. Yeah, so and they what? don't get three attacks until 15. I think it might be a culmination of all of them. I wish I hadn't brought this up on air because we I feel like you walked to this session just being like, how can I lie to not only my friends, but to the listening audience today? <laughs> and that's what you opened with. <laughs> Um, so tell me what other fake powers your new character has. Okay, so I'll do that. Um, I get a new bonus teamwork feat. I decided Ooh. a really appropriate one for Baron would be called Duck and Cover. Ooh, that's and perfect. Whatever perfect I'm a, for Baron, perfect for Grant. Uh, whenever I'm adjacent <laughs> to an ally who also has this feat, both of you are required to make a reflex saving throw against the spell or effect. You may take the result of your die roll or that of your ally. If you take your ally's result, you are knocked prone uh, or staggered on your next turn if you were already prone. Uh, and you get a plus two bonus to your AC against So it's like a attacks. bottle cap for every reflex save. Well, as long as you're, <laughs> yeah, you're kind next of. to an ally. Does right. anyone else have that feat? They don't need to because I have uh, the Inquisitor ability, which allows me to 
share uh, solo tactics. Ah, solo tactics. Yes. Nice. Classic. Um, I was just thinking, do you have rapid uh, fire on or one of those things? No, I don't. I don't, yeah. No, when I turn on rapid fire, in fact, I have four attacks. It's just... It's just horrible. <laughs> um, it just and, doesn't add up. And there are no conditions or adjustments going All on right. here. Remind me not to get into combat this episode until we have someone far more advanced at this game. Look at your character sheet. Um, <laughs> I also got a new spell. I took a cure mod or it wounds. A little cure mod. Uh, and I also got a feat. The feat I took. Oh, boy. Was. Improved critical. Oh, I now crit on a nineteen to twenty oh, with my double barrel wow. pistol. Wow, that's a good that's a good feat choice. It was. That's I should have taken it a while ago, but you know. No, I think now's the time. What was the last feat you took? Two levels ago. extra grit. Yeah, I mean that's that's great too. Uh, obviously, uh, this is going to help counterbalance the fact that you misfire on what a one to four. Yeah, especially if I'm shooting more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it, Grant. Um, once you figure out that giant mistake that's going to break the game open, I'm really excited to see this character. Are you glad that you multiclass now that you're almost at a seven seven? Yeah, I am. I mean, um, I think that some of the I mean, it's mostly been a benefit from a storytelling perspective mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. deepening Baron that way, but. Um, Fun to have some other things. I wish I could use touch of law more often. Yeah, that's one of those I mean, powers. I, like you just think you're going to be able to use, but like you're not. I feel like <laughs> there would have to be a situation in which my guns didn't work, but I knew that Jimmer was going to hit automatically on an eleven, mm-hmm. and like I would use my turn to like it, it would be very situational. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then that's only for one. Yeah, attack but it's still you know if it was really I don't. Know. Yeah, weird. Yeah, but it's, it's also your first level ability. You know it's true. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, I now have supposed to be that I now powerful. Have, you know, some of my judgments are better. They're at plus three for a lot of them. That's and then, cool. And then my uh, resistance to elements that I get to choose when I activate the judgment is at six now. Oh, nice. So just a six DR against whatever element of my choice. Hey, that's pretty good. Not bad. Um, Joey Jojo, what? Uh, hey, buddy. How did you bring Dalgrith from such a powerhouse uh, martial <clears throat> fighter to uh, an even more powerful martial combatant? I'm picking up on your sarcasm. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just uh, uh, expounding on how great of a, a damage dealer <laughs> you're so worthless. Your character is and uh, tends to be. You're a bad friend. I think that he <laughs> is. Uh, I think he's quite great, and I think he's. I just have to. You know, <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of like wide range of various enemies that he can be very powerful against. But mm-hmm. uh, the ones that we're coming up against, he should, he should do well. Okay. Um, so yeah, 13th level, uh, nothing that special. He got a feat that I'm not going to talk about um, because <sighs> it's actually, it's the funny thing is it's actually building on his build that he already had. And the cool stuff that he can already do and could have already done, but basically couldn't do it through the entire book four uh, adventure, pretty much because huh. it just did stuff that didn't work against undead. Oh, so uh, I'm I'm curious to see if he could fight some non undead creatures and then bust out some of this fun stuff. Um, did you get a more sneak attack dice? I did. Yeah. I did. I got an additional sneak attack dice and a seventy six sneak oh, attack nice. damage. Nice. Uh, so that'll be that'll be pretty cool. Let me and, ask you this: uh, without yeah. you telling us what the feat is, is it a feat that helps you get into positions where you can use your sneak attack more? No, no. Okay. Uh, I will tell you that it is a feat that helps me 
do uh, like uh, apply conditions to enemies. Ah, so oh. you know it allows us to shake up the fight. Well, like, if you can put somebody flat-footed, that would certainly help. Right, exactly. Like uh. rather than just dealing a lot of damage, I can do other things. Uh, it's, it should be fun. So uh, once that, it'll come up pretty soon. Yeah, we've seen that your character like once that sneak attack surprise round flat-footed flanking goes out the window. You scramble a little bit. So yeah. giving yourselves a couple more tools in your tool bag is going to help when that happens, because it happens a lot. Right. Yeah, it does. And so basically, if he's not in a perfect position with the perfect stab, the perfect slice, he doesn't deal a great deal, a lot of damage. But the way that this build is working, uh, in, he, he will be able to do things to these enemies besides deal damage, which should help uh, make them better targets for other uh, his allies. So we'll see. Uh, but I, you know what I didn't do is roll hit points. Oh. I just realized uh, we should roll some HP. Grant, did you already roll yours? I have not. Oh, I'm let's excited. do it. Um, Go ahead, Dalgrith. After you. Joe, what are you? D8? D8. Good. Make sure that buddy. I don't accidentally grab a D. Grab that D10 real quick. All right. All right. Here we go. D8. D8. Here we go. Five. One. Come on, Ooh. man. Five's great. Five's great. I know. Whatever. What are you there? Uh, <laughs> Look at this. 13 levels. Like Ready? Two eights. <laughs> Four. Seven. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So are you ready to hear the explanation for why I'm at three attacks? I, I want to hear the explanation of the mistake you made that gave no, me three attacks. No, there's no mistake here. <laughs> The second and third attacks are calculated by subtracting five from your base attack bonus. If the number is still positive, you get another attack. Six fighters, six barbarian would have plus 12 BAB total. Subtract five, still positive, plus 12, plus seven. Subtract five, still positive, equals plus 12, plus seven, plus two. Yeah, I, I know how that works. Uh, how is your base attack bonus plus... My base attack bonus, I was... Uh, accelerating or, or, or uh, receiving credits at a higher base bonus when I was a fighter class. So I got two attacks at 6th level yeah. as a gunslinger. Right. I stopped at 7th level. So the additions to my base attack bonus, if you add up all of them from 6 plus 4 to plus 7, gets me to that level. To my understanding of the math. Now, we can talk about this later. Sure, sure. No, that's very interesting. You would normally, if you'd stayed gunslinger, you wouldn't get three attacks till 11th level. Right. So, uh, Three I attacks guess, would have been 11th. Right. So, because oh, you are... okay. Yeah, that, it's just okay. adding it. Even a, though you're multi-classing, it, it doesn't reset everything. You still gain. You yeah. just gain a little bit slower. So, does yeah. Jimmer have three attacks? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought attacks, you yeah. got him at 13th as a fighter. That's no, why no, no, I was no, like, no. this doesn't Ooh. make sense. Get him so at 11. Oh, right. So okay. now when you rapid fire, four attacks. Four attacks. And you crit 19 to We're 20. talking. What about when you're hasted with rapid fire? Uh, five, five attacks. attacks. <laughs> Guys, this is why I told you to bet, <laughs> bet the under on book five. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Get through it. <laughs> against giants hasted, that's a plus 16, plus 16, plus 11, plus six. Against to touch. Uh, against. Against touch. regular plus 16, yeah. plus 16, plus 16, <laughs> plus 11, plus 6. Against yeah. touch from yeah. 40 feet away. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Great. Amazing. No, I think this is what it should be. But misfires are going to come into place, and your monsters are going to get more and more powerful. Misfires are going to come into place. These monsters are going to get more powerful. They're going to be more intelligent, mm-hmm. and that they, they're still going to come up, and if they hit twice, do 100 hit points worth of damage, yeah, I'm dead. which is going to force you to be like, oh, shit. So, uh, hey, you're going to be misfire. All the time. It's gonna be an interesting book. All those die rolls, like you know. Yeah, I mean, if 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 I may, since you know, 
there might be a chance now that we have access to everything. If we just spend thirty five thousand more dollars on my gun, it will become reliable greater and have a zero percent miss chance. Does wow. everyone else want nothing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does that sound? Well let's, let's rob a bank. Before we over get here. Before we get into this big old shopping spree here, I want to talk about Pembroke and Feyraz a little bit. Um Obviously, uh, you know, when, when, when last book ended, we, we, we hand waved the, the travel back to Skelt and then the, the travel to Minderhall's Cathedral. And we said, we're going we're gonna to deal with this later. I don't want to go too long without getting a real sense of uh, closure isn't the word, but like an idea of what happened with their remains. What do you guys think? Did you take them the, to the cathedral? Did Pembroke or Feyraza ever have conversations with Baron, you know, over campfire? Like, you know, if this ever happens, this is what I want you to do. Maybe Baron had the same conversations with them. Um, <laughs> the amount of amount of certain death we face, you might it might be good to just it kind might of have came up. Yeah, uh, have a, a, a last will and testament, uh, at least verbal with your um, with your traveling uh, partners. What do you guys think? This is a, as much a question to Skid and Matthew as it is the ones carrying the remains. I think I don't. I, I mean, I'm th- guessing what Matthew's going to say. I, I think that Pembroke would like his ashes spread in Assyrian. I mean, I think that's where, like, he. I think he has a real connection to that country. Oh. But would he have told us that? Um, you might be able to kind of surmise it based on kind of because part of it is too is like you know what we're kind of suggesting is that there were way more conversations that we the party and the listeners weren't privy to because yeah. they were together for so long yeah and, and you're, you're doing something so terribly dangerous like i'm sure that yeah the and this is the guy who up. from the minute we met him talked about he had seen his own death yeah you know what I mean? and so that's like, where he learned about it was <laughs> yeah. in assyrian and you know that's kind of the land of you know, uh, the, the kind of everlasting life, defiance of death. Hmm. Um, but, you know, he's, he speaks ancient Assyriani. Um, we talked. Pembroke and Faraza must have had lots of things to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they probably had, like, lots of conversations, like, in, in a language that nobody else understood. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think he had real, a real love for that region. So I think he would want to be there in the, the river. Feyraza. And Feyraza would also like her ashes spread. Feyraza wants to be spread at the uh, Academy or the Arcanarium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. As you know. <laughs> they were such a good couple. Right in front of Capify. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I have my favorite kegger. <laughs> uh, so you too would want to be spread in Osirian. Yeah. Along the, along the banks of the river where she, uh, where her, dru- her druidic circle practiced. Mm. Yeah, so do you think you probably brought them... Uh, obviously, uh, Pembroke was already um, converted to an ash form, um, but you brought them maybe to the cathedral and had a ceremony where Farron could preside, um, along with Baron, uh, speaking for Torag, to burn Feyraza in the, uh, in the forge of Minderhall and collect her ashes. Or is that weird? No, I don't think it's weird. I think we, I actually think we would have done it outside, knowing her druidic past. 
I think we could be, we, we, yeah, in the fields, maybe with the shadow of the now Unitarian Church of Minderhall. Um, yeah, it's certain you could go right outside. Yeah, I think that's where she would yeah. feel free. She loved being a bird so much. I would want whatever errant embers left the funeral pyre that were to convert her body from its whole shape into a pile of ashes to be able to escape to the sky as often Feyraza wanted to do. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Grant, and just flashing back a little bit to you guys being at the cathedral and, and her body is burning and you have the ashes of Pembroke and you know at some point maybe you yourself will be able to travel to Assyrian and pay homage to them in the way that they wanted uh, to be. Do you say anything as Feyraza is being consumed by these flames? Raza was a servant of nature, but even in her own druidic obedience, she saw the strength of the small folk. The potential for all of us to be greater than what we were born to be. And I honor her through this ceremony. Pembroke. Oh, Pembroke. Never has there been a more appropriate title for a man than Pembroke the Potent. I learned more from him through what he did not say than what he did at times. I learned the importance of patience. And I learned that sometimes speaking is more powerful than acting. It is with great sadness, but also with great pride that I send these two souls off into the grasp of Phrasma who will decide their fate. But I know, as an inquisitor of Torag, that the great builder smiles upon their lives, and they will be honored in the afterlife in ways that we could not imagine within this mortal coil. I don't say much sentimental on my journeys, but I will say that I love these two people with just about all of my heart, and I wish them well on their way. Takes his hat off, bows, and walks away. The wind picks up and lifts some of Feyraz's ashes into the air, and you see them kind of spin around and flourish very deliberately. And for a moment, you think, Feyraza is with you. And you felt the presence of Pembroke ever since that light filled the room and felt him with you. Graham, we'll go ahead and give you a bottle cap. Too, yeah! Buddy. All right. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Uh, I really threw that at you, and you, you knocked it out of the park. So I imagine, Baron, you're, you're, that's where your head is at as the tribunal area is emptying and you are now given a run of the city. You go back to your rooms and you now know that you need to gear up and head to Ash Peak. What do you want to do in Kragadan? Uh, Dahlgrave definitely wants to relax a little. 
a few drinks. Out of the baths. Uh, catch up with, uh, with Baron and, uh, and, and gear up um, mm-hmm. in, in a big way. I mean, they, they have a lot of, we have a lot of coin. And so he wants to get ready for a, a serious fight. Matthew, I saw you sort of spearheading this uh, off air um, over a couple weeks. You guys were talking about the amount of uh, uh, stuff that you had, loot and whatnot. When you, when all was said and done, because there's no reason to go through all of this, how much money did you have to split between the four of you? Uh, hold on, I got to well, ballpark. Joe uh, deleted the loot sheet. Oh, from our Google, our shared Google Drive. How did you even do that? Uh, it was an accident. Um, <laughs> it was also not updated for about seven months. Wow! So it was that's Matthew's so, fault. That's simply not true. I, I update that machine every time we get something. Um, okay. So but regardless, we ended up having about uh, I think it was like sixty, seventy thousand gold. Ooh! Yeah. Did you guys do even split, or did somebody want Grant want a new gun? We had well, we had communal items that we on a wish. We had a, we had like a, a group a group shopping list, and then mm-hmm. we each had a kind of a wish list item, and so we each got something cool. Well, tell me what that cool thing was. <laughs> what, did, you, did, did you guys literally each get one very cool thing? We had, well, we each spent about the same. Okay, I got two very cool things. Yeah, uh, what'd you get? Uh, I got. Don't tell. What? You <laughs> <laughs> won't change my tactics. I got. I a, have none. I have none. Uh, I added to my short sword collection. I got a plus one sh- uh, ghost touch short sword. Ah. Just to have. Yeah. Just in the event of anything incorporeal. Uh, and, but the thing I'm really excited about is I got boots of speed. Oh. Which Ooh. I am so pumped about. We did debate just doing the money just to get us all boots of speed. Yeah. And what does it give you? Uh, boots of speed. As a free action, the wearer of boots of speed can click her heels together, letting her act as though affected by a haste spell for up to 10 rounds per day. Just so for movement or for all the you effects get haste, of haste? All the effects of haste. Are you fucking kidding Ten me? 10 rounds a day. And this is a big thing for Holy dog race. Shit. And you, you can use it to be like, you know what, the next three rounds will be hasted, and then I don't want to be hasted. Oh, yeah. Then, One you know round, uh, I don't need haste. Round this five, round, yeah. I'll go hasted, and then seven, I'll go hasted. Right. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Free action. Free action. That each is round. And they don't ridiculous. have to be consecutive. Ridiculous. Yeah, they don't have to be consecutive. And it's a big thing for dog race because he definitely... Like part of his, he needs to move around the battlefield quickly, and mm-hmm. he's a dwarf, so he only has twenty feet of movement speed, and this effectively doubles his movement that speed in those cool. rounds. And especially since Baron's gotten forty feet of worth of range on his weapon, the one thing that Baron's character has not exhibited that is a, a, a classic trait of dwarves is their twenty feet slow and steady move speed. But now that we have a melee character who's flipping up. Vexen defenders dodging all over the place. Yeah, he needs that movement, and you get that one extra attack at your highest base attack bonus, right? Oh yeah, and yeah. your AC goes up, which one you need in because those rounds, you roll yeah. like such garbage, giving you one more chance to hit at your highest BAB. <laughs> it really just—it's a perfect thing for you to have. Yeah, uh, Matthew, what'd you end up uh, spending your gold on? I tra- uh, I traded in my belt of physical. I sold my belt of uh, incredible Dex plus two, mm-hmm. and bought a belt of incredible Dex plus four. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That'll uh, give you a nice little boost to everything important <laughs> for your character. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's cool. You didn't want to do anything to boost your uh, charisma. 
My charisma is pretty boosted. Yeah. yeah. I have a 22 charisma. Yeah, no, that's pretty high. Oh, that's pretty boosted. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, pretty boosted. Okay, and did you end up taking those sorcerer robes? I know that was a, no. a point of uh, order on the boards there. I have a, my, my, when Faraza came into the game wearing a cool set of robes. Right. Right. Metra. Damn it, yeah. I did it again. You know what? Wow. Done it again. I never noticed it. I, I edited know. that yeah. those episodes and I still didn't notice it. Um, just shows how unmemorable your characters are. Skid, um, <laughs> who I like did... to think that I shine <laughs> through as a personality. That's true. I just I can only think of my your characters as being uh, extensions of your personality, so I don't even worry about the names. <laughs> because you're such a an unbelievable role player. There we go. And player of this game. There we go. I'm going to choose to take what you're saying at face value. I can barely look at you because all I see is the white light of talent. There we go. Uh, what did you buy with your fancy gold? I got the craziest, most extreme 90s style upgrade of them all. I traded in my Ring of Protection 1. For a ring of protection, too. <laughs> oh, we got a ring pop, baby. Yeah. I feel like you came into the game with everything that you needed, at least. I really, well, I, yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's the cool thing about coming and replacing a character yeah. at a high level. Is yeah. You have all this gold to spend, and you can do it, you can spend it exactly how you want. Yeah. At that level. At that level, <laughs> right. So, yeah, it was, that was pretty well said. Yeah. Uh, Grant, what did you buy? A couple things. Oh boy. oh, boy. The first of which. I uh, we got a special deal on this. Oh boy! I, also, I didn't support I also any special went, deals. I also win. <laughs> was insane. I also we, should, we really should have like done some coupon clipping. <laughs> been on the lookout for sales. You're buying your deal from third party books. Uh, yeah. To get the special deal on these two belts of incredible dexterity plus four, which I also upgraded, they had to be part of a set. So mine says Mister Sexy. And Metris says, this is sexy right on the belt set. That's a lie. So you upgraded to a... Uh, it's a his and hers belt set. It's belt really for honeymoons. But uh, Mr. The, sexy. The, the other important thing that happened uh, was Baron moving forward has decided, especially after the battle with Skirkadla, Juice! That there's no more retreat. Oh. So he sold... The breastplate of vanishing. He's going to stand wow. his ground and do what's right. Wow. He's lost that kind of get out of jail free, heal himself, come back out. Mm-hmm. He's now wearing a resized set of plus three mithril chainmail. Ooh, that's nice. That'll up the AC a bit, but I lose my escape valve. Okay. Hmm. What was your, what's your AC against giants now? Uh, 33. That's pretty good AC against pretty decent. the main villains of this adventure path. <laughs> uh, wow, that's good. That's real good. All right, so you guys are... Uh, I forgot to mention one detail. Oh, two things. <coughs> one, I, I didn't buy this, but we got in the loot. Uh, uh, Dahlgraith is wearing the Winter Wolf headband, ah, which I'm okay. pumped about. So can, can breathe Cone of Cold once a day. Pretty sweet. That's oh, pretty fun. and uh, I, Jimmer, got... Pembroke's uh, headband of alluring. Oh no, someone. No, it was uh, Faraz's headband of alluring charisma plus four. Baron uh, took Pembroke's alluring charisma or the dual uh, the uh, charisma mental and prowess. The, yeah, metal the head, prowess. Headband of mental prowess. Yeah. Mm. Giving him some extra spells. Oh, cure mods happening all the time. You get a cure mod. You get a cure mod. You get a cure mod. Yeah, yeah. That's your new spell. Uh, so during this time, 
that they had uh, traveled down here and Dalgraith heard about like the whole story from Baron, like really got the whole arc of the thing. He was told all about the history of the dagger uh, of, of Brynja's love and, you know, the oh, right. uh, engraving and everything that's in it. And considering uh, what happened to Penbrook and Feyraza and what the, you know, the Feyraza handing him the dagger and everything, uh, Dalgraith decided when he uh, had crafted the plus one ghost touch short sword uh, that he was going to name it Brynja's Revenge. Oh, so that's, the, that's the name of the ghost cool. short sword. Cool. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's really cool. Whenever we talk about Brynja's love, all I can think is, I bring you love. <laughs> <laughs> I bring you love. He's bringing love. He's bringing love. Break its legs. <laughs> and that's no, the, no, it's Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Mr. Burns. Kill it. Joe's going to be a badass against uh, any incorporeal creature from now on. Yeah, but there's not one more in the last two in the books. Whole, yeah. <laughs> if it happens. But bait and switch. If it happens, watch out because Baron has ghost salts. Which he puts Ooh, on his tacos to feel spooky. Yeah. Oh wait, did we talk about the like base things that we got for to cover our non-cleric? We haven't. No, no, no. Would you but like- you know, it only took four books to figure this out. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, a lot of money, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, so what did you get? Some cure light wounds. Uh- we got five wands of cure light wounds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got some scrolls of resist energy communal. Okay. So we can kind of. Uh, Bob and Weave with what they got down there. We're thinking it's going to be a lot of fire, Which but you, you never know. You'll be casting, And you right? can cast yeah. that. That's on your spell it's list right now. List. You don't have to UMD those? I do not. Okay. I have to UMD the Wand of Acure Wounds. Okay. But no. it's, it's And Baron doesn't have to. Baron so if it's to. out of combat, it's just boom, 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 boom. Yep. We got some Potions of Cure Mods, some Potions of Cure Serious. Sweet. Uh, scroll of Restorations. Scrolls of Restoration. Classic. And uh, a Wand of, rest, of Lesser Restoration. Oh, 50 charges on that, huh? No. No, 20. 20. Okay. 20 charges. But to be clear, Baron only got one potion of Cure Serious. He took the money from that and used that instead to craft 125 alchemical paper cartridges. If you are listening to this show, which you are, I want you to count the number of bullets he uses (laughs) and email me at troy at glasscannonpodcast.com. When he uses 150 shots. 125. Excuse me. Thank you for the bonus. I'll take that, though. <laughs> From this episode on. Yeah. I That's mean, with Troy at glasscannonpodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually... Oh, Grant, they're going to be on you, buddy. You better count it. Should I zero out my bullet count? Because I still have leftover bullets. Should I keep it at 125? Yes. See I what happens? Just reset the tripometer. I think yeah. the safest is probably that you are at zero. <laughs> <laughs> Firing magic bullets. I've never heard you once be like, oh, oh wait a minute. I'm, I forgot to add those two bullets. <laughs> it's never I once fl- like, I flick up. I only have five bullets left. Right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe I should whip well, up my plus one hand. The good, news is, the good news is, with my gunsmithing kit and uh, uh, my points in alchemy, that I can craft these whenever with some gold. So I'm, I'm good. All right, so we, have, like, we have now zero gold. We zero yeah, yeah, gold. we zeroed out. Our, we have nine silver. I had to loan <laughs> as I had a to, party. I had to loan Dalgrith <laughs> like sixty-two gold so he could get those boots at forty percent APR, which I thought was rude. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. So, that's only if he defaults. We really needed the free lodging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had to get a payday loan yeah. just to uh, get breakfast. <laughs> Give us an advance on the breakfast. We'll, we'll pay you back when we kill all the giants. Um. Yeah, so I mean, you you get everything you need here. I mean, is there anything else that you really want to do here? Obviously, 
when you guys were in Yanderhof, it was a little bit different. There was a little more time to, uh, you know, kind of learn the lay of the land. Yeah. Uh, even in Skelt, you had business. You know, when you were in Yanderhof, it was like, let's find a way to remove Lork's curse. When you were in Skelt, it was like, let's reconnect with Lork's lost love and see if he has a son. Oh, it's a daughter. Oh, and she's disappeared. Now you're here, and it's kind of like, gear up. We have them on our side. We got to go to Ash Peak and find out what the hell's going on down there. I mean, if you're in Kragadan, you hate to leave without doing all the Kragadan <laughs> touristy things. But at the same time, you can't see it all in one day. You really can't. So, <laughs> well, now we can, we'll just move on. We can always teleport back here. But That's hang true. on. Are we still going to, directly to Ash Peak, or are we going to try to f- seek out the re- reborn Skirkala? That's a great question. I think we would try to seek her out first. Yeah, I mean, that's like there's the, looking think, for a needle in a haystack. Yeah, that trail's cold, and uh, they're going to be... Oh, it's super cold by, by you uh, yeah, abducting us. I, I do think that Baron would certainly seek out uh, a Temple of Toreg, uh, the largest one in the area, probably. Mm-hmm. Find an Inquisitor on staff, and... Uh, Hello! Inquisitors aren't usually a Hello, sir. Staff. What's your name? I come in peace. I'm an Inquisitor of Torek, and I'm giving you extra time to think of the name for this character you just made up. Oh, thank you. My name is Inquisitor Barry Broadfinger. Uh, Barry Broadfinger? My name Broadfinger. I'll sorry. have you know. I'm so sorry. Barry. Inquisitor Bar- Broadfinger. Yes. Um, Hello. Hello. Torag be with you. Torag be with you as well. Uh, it's you, a beautiful day to worship Torag, I always say. Did you just wash your hands? Your hands are wet. What's yes, going on with sorry, that? Sorry, I like to wash my hands. I have a problem. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, what's the problem? I'd like to wash my hands a little too much. <laughs> well, you know, with the holy water right there, it can be, you know compulsive habit if you, you with Torag's help you can overcome it in time yeah, in time. Uh, <laughs> through Torag all things are possible I just like to be clean always dirty always dirty <laughs> hold on I gotta wash my hands listen I, I, I appreciate that it's important when you're working at the forge all day as Torag says on the importance of forging metal and other good works yes I've read it twice <laughs> that's, twice. Not a, wow. that's not a lot for an Inquisitor. That's wow. really impressive. What an accomplished Inquisitor. Yes. I, knew a, I knew a Catholic priest who claimed that he read the whole Bible twice, and I didn't believe him. It's a long uh, book. And when you have to wash your hands after turning each page, it takes a long time. I'm afraid people touch their genitals when they read it. So I wash my hands after I There's a lot now of you're just Now you're just channeling actual Troy. <laughs> this is all coming very naturally. Yeah. This is hitting a little close to home now, dude. Do you know how much time it takes to turn a page, walk all the way over to the bathroom, wash your hands, come back to the book, read that page, and turn it? Have you thought about putting a lectern in the bathroom? That would just be foolish. (laughs) But have you thought about how many people touch their genitals and the book while you just walk to the bathroom and back? Ah, thinking about that alone makes me need to go wash my hands. (laughs) I'll be right back. Hold on. Listen, listen. Do you ever wash? your genitals while you're in the bathroom. Ah, only in the morning. I like to start the day with a clean pair of genitals. <laughs> a pair? <laughs> a pair? 
That's what we broad fingers do. Is that because you can place a broad finger in between each of your genitals? How dare you, my father, built this town. <laughs> we broad fingers don't take that kind of insolence. I, I'm sorry, brother broad fingers. I'm so mad, I'm going to wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> now that this house of worship has been thoroughly blasphemed, yes, I would like to ask a favor. Hmm. I'm God. leaving Cragadan on a dangerous mission. Oh, you'll be missed. <laughs> Whoever you are. I prefer you to leave this. You met him five minutes ago. <laughs> I prefer that you leave this with perhaps an Are adjunct. A murder? <laughs> perhaps you leave this with an adjunct father or another inquisitor. That would actually make me the most comfortable. All right. But where I'm going, I might never come back, and neither might the people I'm traveling with. I'd well, like you to take these two urns. And if you don't see me, Within a month, I'd like you to find a way through the chain of Torag temples across Galarian to get these to Assyrian to spread their ashes in the river. These one by the Arcanarium right and one by the Druid's Grove. I'm going to show you on this map right here. I don't think the Arcanarium's in Assyrian. What, 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 what did, where did you want them scattered by? The Syrian. The Syrian. The River Sphinx. Okay. One by the River Sphinx and one by that other river. All right. I will make a note of it. Please don't wash your hands. I just... Again. Stop it. Stop it. Put them down. Touch these urns. (laughs) Well... Just asking for a friend. A pair of them. Just me and Dalgris, Deathbringer, and... and, uh, Well, you don't know him, but... I mean, you probably heard of him, but... uh, Just the two of us. All right. The asp and the crook are the tributaries of the Sphinx. All right. You know, Syria. I shall. You can wash your hands there. I shall have it done. I've always wanted to wash my hands <laughs> on the shores of the asp. <laughs> <laughs> Long been a dream. Long been a dream of mine. I could. <laughs> I won't be able to rest in peace till I wash my hands in that famed river. May you toil at the forge long, brother. I. We'll see you today again if Torag wills it. Torag be with you. And also with you. I don't want to shake your... Fist bump? All right. Fist bump? Elbow uh, bump. How about elbow Okay, bump? all right. <laughs> Clink. I need to go wash my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you hear as the door closes. <laughs> I need to go wash my elbow. <laughs> um... All right, so a germaphobe inquisitor, <laughs> Torag, obsessive compulsive um, dwarf, dwarfish, dwarf order. Uh, Barry Broadfinger uh, now has the urns to Feyraza and Pembroke, and that is canonical to our show. Dogrith is going to. While this is going on, he's going to go to the uh, the museum of uh, Kragadan. Oh boy! And just we don't have to role play it, but he he seriously he wants to like hear more about. <laughs> Hello, I'd like to hear, see what you got here on hand about the story of Kragadan. Oh, we have many things. What do you want to learn about? What's your name, sir? Oh, no, I'm a lady. First of <laughs> all, I, I, I apologize. how dare you? I know I haven't shaved in a few days, but that's rude. My mistake. I'm so sorry. My, my eyes are a bit, uh, they haven't adjusted yet to the dark. Uh... 
What you say? Well, you have dark vision. Well, don't tell her that. Sorry. <laughs> I guess Match was there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little, little day trip. <laughs> well, I really wanted to see the museum of Gragadan. <laughs> Match was like, me too. <laughs> All right. I was going to go there anyway. I'll meet you there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> My Clearly, name, you really, you really want to do this. My name is Mary Beardchin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, know Mary! That's you, ironic. Mary, you're rightly named. <laughs> <laughs> but most people aren't rude enough to point it out. <laughs> now, what can I help you with about the story of Kragadon? Tell us the story of Kragadon. Oh, it's a. <laughs> It's a long tale. <laughs> and she tells it. The <laughs> end. <laughs> that was very educational. Yes. That was quite inspiring, to mm. say the least, Mary. Yeah, I gotta say, when I first came in and, and saw your whiskers and your ugly face, <laughs> I thought for sure this would be a fucking nightmare. Oh, but, you're too kind. But you t- I gotta say, Mary, you gotta tell her for storytelling. It's quite, quite epic. Oh, well, we, we bad chins are all raconteurs. When you did the voices, <laughs> when you did the voices of each of the orcs, I gotta say, I was quite impressed. I like to add my own flair. <laughs> as I've told this story many times. <laughs> Well, I thank you for your time, and I wish you the best of luck with everything. Do you do tours as well? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just not allowed. As the archives go into the mountain itself, and I'm not allowed down there. (laughs) No docents that could raise their umbrella and take us. No, no, it is forbidden for outsiders to go within the mountain. Are Are you an outsider? No, but I am not a high enough rank. What rank do you need to be? Third! Third rank! <laughs> <laughs> she answered your question. I mean, and what I don't know what to what? say to that, Mary. <laughs> what rank are you? Oh, I'm only fifth. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Oh, you're right. Counts down. Okay. Yes. What made you assume that higher was better? (laughs) My mistake. I guess the dwarves, the the lower lower is better. Yeah, would be better. My mother, Beatrice Beardchin, is second, but she's dead. (laughs) So she also cannot escort you down there. What did she die of? How did she die? It's a terrible thing. Natural causes. <laughs> what, what is required of you to get promoted to fourth rank? Oh, you have to have many family members die. <laughs> and then you did just sort of happens. So, do you, you could kill your family members? Are you trying to say you want us to kill someone, Mary? Because we don't really do that kind of thing. We were no. just on trial for murder, but we were found not no, guilty. No, 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 I'm not suggesting that. However, if certain accidents were to happen <laughs> <laughs> to, a, to my brother, <laughs> <laughs> to 
you. <laughs> Ricky Beard who lives at 999 Morningwood Lane and keeps. She passes the paper across to you. This schedule, let's just say, this Beard Chin wouldn't ask any questions. <laughs> so, Mary Beard Chin that runs the museum has been looking for someone to kill her brother. <laughs> what, a, what a fortuitous day this has turned out to be. And if she does, shut up. Finally, find someone to do it. She still won't be able to go into the archives. <laughs> but I'll be one step closer. <laughs> one step closer to being a more effective docent. What a what a goal. <laughs> what a what a beautiful dream. Oh my god. <laughs> what, what do you imagine the archives look like? Oh, I can only imagine it's very dark down there. <laughs> wow, I can picture it now. You, I imagine that you too have dark vision. Oh, I used to, but I'm getting old. Now it's just low light. Is <laughs> <laughs> that how it works? <laughs> yes. It's canon. Degenerative. <laughs> well, now, we, now we know why she's in this position. She wants to get to her that rank before she dies. Yes, yes, I, I may end up getting down there and not be able to see a thing. <laughs> it will be too late. Well, thank you for coming. <laughs> Good luck saving the world. Best wishes to you and your fellow beard chins. Yes, and say hi to Ricky for me. <laughs> Long, slowly. <laughs> we slowly back out. Wow. What an odd interaction. Yeah. On second thought, let's not go to crack. <laughs> it's a silly place. It's a silly place. <laughs> yeah. It's like turned into the Stepford Wives. All of a sudden. I feel like we should probably go. They don't get a lot of visitors. <laughs> I can see why. Oh, my God. Yeah, I see us, like, debriefing at the we end of our respective trips. <laughs> we we hear about this inquisitor that is, you know, out of his mind. And then I was like, oh, the woman at the museum <laughs> tried Maybe to hire us, us to kill her family. <laughs> Just so that she could... Give tours. <laughs> we should probably get out of the city as if yeah. Ricky Beardchin turns up dead. <laughs> no, by accident. We yeah, might gonna... be under suspicion yeah. for murder once yeah. more. Yeah. Well, once we take out the giants of Ash Peak, I think we must come back here and kill every dwarf. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <That's right. laughs> Root out the average here. Book six. <laughs> yeah, this is like the scouring of the Shire at the end of Lord of the Rings. We'll just Fall of Kragadan. Planning the seeds for book six. <laughs> Oh, is there oh. anything else you want to do? No, nope. I thought we were done. It was all your fault. Chambers <laughs> wants to do something. Let's go fight something. Okay. Yeah, hey. not that woman's brother. Not that woman's brother. No, no we'll kill him. Let's, let's, let's get. Him. That's not a fight. Let's, let's a get out of town and get into something dangerous asap. You guys uh, are geared up. You have the information that you desire to move forward, and so you head. Towards Ash Peak. Oh Take a look God. at your maps again. How far? Uh, how far are you looking there from uh, from Cragadam oh. uh, uh, to Ash Peak? Not far at all. No, probably about uh, twenty-five miles, maybe. Look like twenty-five miles. 
Look at the distance miles? from Skiergard to uh, Kragadan in comparison to the distance from Kragadan to Ashpeak. It's about a third mm-hmm. or so, quarter. Yeah, so you're looking at about three or four days um, moving at a normal overland pace. Well, through, the, through, through, the through the mountains. Yeah. yeah. Well, funny you should mention that. Go on. So I, I had the Shadow Walk spell and, uh, and racial ability as a... Kyle, that I can, I can, if we, if we were in an area of dim light, you and all the creatures I touch are then transported along a coiling path of shadow stuff to the edge of the material plane where it borders the plane of shadow. Uh, the effect is largely illusory, but the path is quasi real. You can take uh, more than one creature along with you subject to your level limit, but all must be touching each other in the region of region of shadow. You move at a rate of 50 miles per hour. Moving normally on the borders of the plane of shadow, but much more rapidly relative to the material plane. Thus, you can use the spell to travel, rap, travel rapidly by stepping onto the shadow plane, moving at the desired distance, and then stepping back into the material plane. And then the only the downside is uh, you can't predict perfectly where your travel will end. So you, uh, when the spell effect ends, we're shunted 1d10 times 100 feet in a random horizontal direction from our desired endpoint. So if we're trying to get outside of Ash Peak... We could even get more... <clears throat> than a thousand feet outside of Ashby. Like, aim for more than a, you know, yeah. well more than a thousand feet. Without yeah, knowing like, what the lay of the land is, you probably don't want to show up at the doorstep. Yeah, we can aim right. for a couple miles away. Right, yeah. so that yeah, even if you're yeah. off, you're not going to end up in the middle of the camp. Right, <laughs> exactly. In the volcano. Right, and it lasts one hour per level, yep. which is ten hours, and you're moving how fast? Fifty miles per hour. And Holy you can up to moly. one touched creature per level, so... You could just like it's the Ash Peak Turnpike. Sleep, sleep in, and just be like, "We're going, we're going, yeah. to, we're going to Twilight." And you, when you walk the, the shadow plane, there aren't like there's not like shit in the way, right? You have to worry about. Do you have to worry about mountains? Do you have to worry about trees? No, because in this, we're not even on. We're kind of like on the edge of the plane. So I kind of imagine we kind of like slip into like into shadow and kind of like weave along a shadow path. We travel in the shadows of the mountains. Like right. They're actual shadows. We're kind of like, I imagine like we're kind of like bending and f- like and folding ourselves into this, into this kind of borderlands area. How do you guys feel about going into this plane? Baron doesn't like it. You're only, like it. You're, only, you're only going to the edge of the plane. I think it sounds great, Baron. Come on, live a little. I just, if, if we can get miles away from it and save us ourselves a little bit of time, that's fine. But we need to do reconnaissance outside. They have shown incredible restraint by not attacking this Sky Citadel already. And they are trained. And now they'll never see our approach. All right. They'll never see it coming, Baron. They won't expect it coming from the plane of shadow. So, and this spell is from either Kobold Press or, or Super Genius Games. Which third party publisher is this from? <laughs> Just Dream Card, Dream Card Oh, Press? the big middle Dream, finger. Dream <laughs> Green Runner? Oh, it's fifth edition. <laughs> oh, okay. Jimmer, okay. you want to jump into the shadows? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for a road trip, but if it's going to save us a little time and energy, I'm, that's fine. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the saving of energy is just as important as the saving of time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't want to show up. It's like we're going to get into the fight of our lives, and we're all worn out from the road. Having to, like, speaking as a person, it's been a lot of time and high elevation, you know, hiking and everything. It's no fun when you get to the other end. Yeah, so. not to mention the you could run into uh, patrols, other creatures that are lurking about. Flavor drakes Flavor swarming drakes. throughout the entire region. <laughs> yeah. Swarming. I, yeah. I, I like to imagine that uh, this Sky Citadel is actually like on a um, 
a crack in the ground that's releasing a slightly poisonous gas that's hallucinogenic, and that's why we're all on board with this plan, and that's why everyone here <laughs> has been so weird. It's just like slowly seeping out into the city. Yeah, yeah, they all want to come to see you off. Goodbye. This <laughs> 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 weird crazy. ass fucking town. So imagine here is outside of the city walls of Kragadan, uh, you know, a giant valley outside of it that. Even though it's large, you realize in looking around, you may not have been able to find it on your own. Were you not uh, taken by these dwarves as uh, potential prisoners, you may not have even have found your way to Kragadown. Is this the gods themselves intervening to get you where you need to be? That's up to Torak to decide, or your own deities. But you step outside of these walls... And how does this work, Metro? You just grab them by the hand? Grab them by hand, and then we, and then if we're in a shadowy area, we just kind of slip into the... I like, like, imagine we just kind of like... So in the shadow the of shadow. the mountain itself, you, you, guys, you pull them aside and just... Whoom, you enter the shadow plane and just take off in the direction. And I imagine you studied the map you know, carefully, uh, and you want to pull up how many miles outside? Let's say like, what, like three miles, three, five miles away? Yeah, three miles is good. I'd say 15, but whatever you guys no, want. No, that's crazy. That's not even, ha- that's not even halfway that's there. Not halfway there. Oh, it's only 30 miles away? It's like Joe estimated like 25. Okay, never mind. And it's what, 1D10 times 100? Yeah, feet. Feet. All right, so you end up 700 feet away from where you initially thought. So <clears throat> if, we, if that would randomly place us in a solid object, there's a, there's a mechanic for that too. <laughs> Luckily, it doesn't. It places you in the middle of... The mountains. Wow. You look around you and you see there are a lot of solid objects I could have been appearing into. Roll a survival check to try to get a sense of where you are. Would also allow, you know, knowledge geography or something if that's better. 27. 27. 18. 15. (laughs) 7. Uh, so, Jimmer, you know, you have a good idea of where you are, and you feel like you are maybe a two-hour walk from where the Ash Peak Volcano is. Wow. Which is probably a great place for you to be, so that you can approach cautiously. Oh, man. What is your plan for this approach? Do we have any idea what to expect when we get there? You know, it's elite, uh, elite giant training academy. The best of the best have been sent here. I probably smell like the giants, fire giants. Like pro- fire giants probably smell that very distinctive <laughs> order, like probably like sulfur or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably like They're smell them like on the Fire winds. in their beards and fire in their hair. Sometimes yeah. they wield fiery weapons. Yeah. Um, We're probably like downwind from them, like the wind. The air like- definitely smells different here than it did in Skiergard. Now, you know Skiergard had patrols going about the camp. There's no reason to think that these very highly organized giants wouldn't have patrols. Mm. Maybe even as far out as where you guys are. So you know that you want to proceed looking out for patrols, traps. I think we gotta be careful. I think we gotta get as close as we can. If we can scout out the area, see what we're up against because I don't know. If there's any way that we can do that surreptitiously, I think that would be to our advantage. Perhaps we should dig to the sky. Perhaps. Um, I mean, I can 
I can go invisible and fly and take a take a uh, a little uh, aerial jaunt. Aerial jaunt. Yeah. Okay. Um, the trees here are are, are higher uh, than what you were used to as you were leaving Skiergard. So you go invisible and just start flying up into the air. You finally get above the trees. Uh, and you see numerous mountains in the distance. It's hard to tell which one is Ash Peak, but knowing you have a map, do you just leave the party and kind of head in that direction? Sure. I mean, I can also take somebody with me. Mm-hmm. Is, a, does anybody want to go? Anybody want to go? Uh, yeah, I do. All right. <laughs> so I'll make you invisible and flying as well. Yes. Okay. Uh, you start uh, flying over the treetops. Oh, uh, this is so cool. <laughs> and so who went with you, Dogrith? Dogrith. Dogrith went with you. Uh, so Dogrith, you're just flying next to uh, Feyraza, also invisible. Metra. Me- excuse me. <laughs> Metra. Flying over the treetops. Um, it's so funny, this reminds me of the beginning of your uh, ascent over Skiergard. Yeah. Trying to figure out what it was like. Um you're following along the directions on the map. Roll a survival check. You guys can, one of you can aid. Uh, I'll aid. I'm sure mine's slow. I only have a plus three survival. Yeah, oh, shit. All right. Bear and Zoom up on a broom. I thought perception was going to be more relevant. 19. Uh, and I aid. 21. 21. Nice. Okay. Um, you get a sense of where you need to be going. Quite sure that this is like a hundred percent, but you do feel the winds starting to get stronger, starting to buffet you a little bit, and you feel like if you were to go any higher, um, you're going to enter like a severe wind situation where flying would be difficult, oh. uh, even with the fly spell. But it doesn't matter right now because if you stay just above these tree tops, you seem to be okay for the time being, and you fly out, and in the distance. You see a volcano. It's not bubbling over with lava and have smoke shooting out of it, but it's not a normal mountain. The top, you can't see because of the winds and the clouds so low covering the peaks of it, but you know it's a volcano and you know it's Ash Peak because surrounding the volcano are hundreds and hundreds of giants. Oh, man. Oh, it's happening again. It's a scare guard. It has again. the feeling of scare guard as you see several giant camps populated yet again. Frost giants, hill, cave, stone giants, as well as the beasts of burden and slaves they brought with them to the mountain. You look and you assume that probably many of them were sent here from Skiergard to Ash Peak to complete their training. That's what you read that they were here for. But unlike Skiergard, unlike the lower camp and the upper camp that Metro you weren't a part of and Dalgrith you weren't a part of, but you now know about Lork's reconnaissance from Baron of what that was like when they first entered Skiergard. You've had two weeks together at this point to learn everything about the journey this far. You know what makes this different is that they're all flying the same banner over their camp. Though these are giants of all different types, they are all united under the same banner. And you see on that flag a symbol that looks almost identical to the symbol that Baron described 
as the Ash Peak sigil. But instead of a giant dick. (laughs) 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 It's a fiery forge. Yeah, that's what I carved into myself. No, you carved a dick. <laughs> oh, man. And we'll see you next week. Oh, oh it's already done? What? Oh, man. It's done. You have arrived Dude. at Ashby. Oh, I want to go in. I want dick flags. <laughs> dick flags. Great adventure. Dick flags. Dick flags. I will tear down that dick flags. Dick flags. The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.